Uptown Charlotte, BB&T Park. Here we come. The itinerary, Mike, today is very, very different. It's a bearded car cast first. We're just hanging out in Charlotte talking to our good buddy Jeff Schwartz. Yeah, this is a, we're still in the garage. This is, <laughs> this is a home game for the bearded car cast. And I would like to sh- thank the Charlotte Knights, Tommy Viola, for uh, letting us have a place to do some podcasts. And I think this will be one of the places when we um, are unable to get on the road that we'll, we'll, this will be one of the places that we'll be able to do um, the car cast from. But uh, we have Jeff Schwartz lined up. I know we have a, a great list of questions that we want to talk to him about. Obviously, the, the big national championship game between Georgia and Alabama. We have a bunch of uh, playoff games coming up this weekend. The, the four, the final, um, the final eight, if you will, the final four games, final eight teams, and then. Um, We'll probably ask Jeff a little bit about himself and, and find out a little bit. Uh, he played about eight what years in career. the NFL. Yeah. He's an interesting guy. He's transitioned into media. He's a friend. He lives here in Charlotte. And we thought this was a great opportunity to take a time and talk to him. Another edition of the Bearded Carcast, but we're not on the road. It doesn't sound, we have no road noise. Because we're more comfortable. We're much more comfortable. We're in a, a suite at BBT Ballpark. What a crazy day uh, in the NFL. Of course, this is a midweek taping of the show, and we just got the news that Mike Shula and Ken Dorsey, the offensive coordinator and the quarterback's coach for the Panthers, relieved of their duties today. And by great luck, Jeff Schwartz joining us, played eight years in the NFL. Was and he's the got a beard. Giants. And he has a beard. So he fits. And he's the first guest in the Bearded Car Cast. Right. Well, I mean. We've had a studio audience. <laughs> now we actually have a, a, a physical <laughs> guest. But w- welcome to the Bearded Car Cast. But what a day to – yeah. To be doing this, right? Driving in to record this to get the news that Shula's gone. And I, I don't know what to make of this. Uh, I'm kind of surprised. I think that, that Shula is not getting enough credit for what he designed in offense for Cam. I, I think people don't think about how uh, unconventional this offense is. They think this is, I guess, what teams run. It's not. It's a very unique offense to fit Cam's skill set. We saw at the start of this season they tried to – changed the offense essentially to get him to be more of a pocket passer per se. Didn't work. They went back to using his legs. So if you bring in a new OC, I'm not quite sure what Panther fans expect. I know Panther fans are upset because they think it's conservative play calling and, and they don't they didn't rush the ball terribly well this year. But I don't know what what you expect to get out of an offense. I, I don't Cam is not the most accurate quarterback. So you, if you go to this idea of a of a quick strike offense that's not what he does well he, he plays better personally when he runs the football you see the attitude and the emotion come out and plus I think him running the football also fires up the team it gets the yeah. team going one thing the new OC I think can, can do is possibly um, make it so where when Cam is not playing while well, the offense can still function like the the, the Panthers are so reliant on Cam Noon's energy and his play like they're they're so if Cam's up, they're up. If Cam's down, they're down. They don't have a way to overcome a poor game by the quarterback where other teams are able to to say, look, our quarterback's not doing it today. Let's run the ball. Let's use screen passes. Let's find creative ways to get him deep shots open down the field. So that's one way where I think an OC can really help is finding ways to design an offense that, that helps Cam use his legs and, and make easy throws but also can not be so reliant on him to be A-plus every game. When you look at what the Panthers accomplished under Shula, you have a Super Bowl trip, you have an MVP season for Cam. What would be the reasons that the higher-ups think, hey, we need to go in a different direction? A couple reasons. One, um, you know, Cam's mechanics haven't improved, and maybe they feel like, 
This is something that's on Ken Dorsey or on Shula. Um, look, Cam is, what, 28, 29 now? He's been thrown the same way his entire life. It's not like they're magically going to improve. Uh, you know, they, I'm not saying that Tebow and Cam are on the same level because they're not, but people tried for years to change Tebow's mechanics. Right. It never worked. Um, and then, two, I just think that it when you have that offensive line they have, they should have run the ball better. I mean, you have – a uh, five-time Pro Bowler, Ryan Cleo. You have Andrew Norwell, who's first-team All-Pro. You have Trey Turner this year, who's a, who's a Pro Bowl guard. You have Darrell Williams, who some people ranked higher than, than I think most, but he was still a second-team All-Pro. Uh, you sign Matt Cleo to this big contract. You should be able to run the ball. If you take Cam Newton's rushing stats out of the offense, they're 31st in rushing. So those are two reasons why I think you would say, look, our offense has gone as far as it can. Right. Let's bring in someone else. Was a playoff appearance and a loss in the wild card round disappointing? Is that a bad season? I think for the Panthers it is. Um, I, I thought this year for them was Super Bowl or bust sort of. I think that after 2015, you obviously made the Super Bowl. You go 6-10 and 10 last year, bringing in McCaffrey. Uh, you know, you thought you'd have a full complement of KB and Funches, and, and Samuel got hurt and didn't play yeah. very much this year. With Samuel, you signed Matt Khalil. Look, Gettleman um, – for all the bashing he gets, he should deserve credit. He filled the holes they needed this year. He got Captain Munderland. He got pass rushers. He got a safety. He got a left tackle. He got two skill position players for Cam. So I think the ceiling should have been higher. Um, I just didn't think they, they were, and I was in the minority of this, I didn't think that they were, even they even at the end of the season, they won games um, by forcing turnovers, which is not sustainable. Like they won, they won that three-game stress down the you know, when they beat the Vikings, Packers, and, and Bucks, they forced 10 turnovers in those three games. That's not sustainable. I didn't think they were playing terribly well entering the playoffs anyways, but I will give them a lot of credit. They played better than I thought against the Saints. And look, if Funches puts both hands out there, yeah. he probably catches that ball, and the Panthers win the game. So they were that close to winning, even though I didn't think that they were as good as the Saints. Well, what about the wide receiver position? Because I know that got a lot of attention when they made the Calvin Benjamin cha- trade to try and get some more speed on the field. Yeah. Of course, you couldn't project that Curtis Samuel and Demare Bird later would, would get hurt. But how much of an impact or how much, how much of an importance is there for, for the wide receiving crew? There is, but again, you have to pair up the wide receivers to Cam Noon. I think people will, well, let's just get an Antonio Brown here. Yeah. That doesn't work because he's not running the same routes and Cam is not as precise as Big Ben is. Um, you know, I think obviously having a guy that take the top off, Cam can throw the ball. He can chuck yeah. the ball. So having a guy like Ted Ginn, Bird, Samuel, those are important players because also it backs the safety off, uh, safeties off a little bit. I think that this is really kind of inside football here, but you know, this is a year the Panthers got to see, I think, people not respecting Cam's legs as much as they used to. Yeah. They saw more high two high safeties. Um, they weren't they, they, they weren't getting the same safeties down like they used to in the box. Um, teams didn't have to pack the box in anymore as much as they used to. So you saw a different defense of look than you had seen in the past. So that might be a reason why um, they, they 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 struggled a wide receiver. But if you're a free agent wide receiver, um, I don't know I don't know why you would come here. I mean like I mean I, I think Carolina's still a good football team. They made the playoffs for the last five years. But, you know, if you're a free agent wide receiver right now and you're a good one, you know, the Niners have $80 million in cap space and maybe a top-five quarterback. Like you're going to go – there's other places to go. So I'm interested to see how Marty Herney addresses the situation. But, look, they have Bird. They have Samuel still. they got Funches back next year. They have Greg Olson still, who's an elite tight end. So there, there are weapons. It's not like he has nothing. And adding McCaffrey in his 80 receptions. Yeah. So what now? You've lost your offensive coordinator. You may lose your defensive coordinator. You're Marty Herney. You're new ownership. Who are the people you want to bring in? 
Well, I don't think ownership is really going to have a say in this because you're probably going to hire a coach sooner than later. Right. It's really we're telling you coming into coming into training camp, you had Jerry Richardson as the owner, Dave Gettleman yeah. as a GM, obviously Ron Rivera as a head coach. Who, by the way, I don't think Ron gets enough credit for how good of a coach he is. Like to to deal with the adversity he deals with from year to year, whether it's Greg Hardy, whether it's just Cam Newton in general, which he's liked in the locker room, but all the outside noise about yeah. the way he dresses and his press conferences and, and his moods and things like that. Um, how he handled this year with Mr. Richard, the owner, just, you know, story comes out, what, Friday, selling the team by Saturday morning. Like, yeah. it's, like to deal with all that. Um, and you had Mike Shula and Steve Wilkes as your, as your coordinators. You might lose, you might lose four out of those five components in a single season, uh, that that's a lot of change. What was your relationship with Mr. Richardson? Did you get get to inter- interact with him much? Uh, a little bit, you know. Uh, as a seventh round draft pick who didn't play terribly much, you know, you're not high up on the owner's list of, of priorities <laughs> of, of hanging no, out. But he but, used to come to the locker yeah, room. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, before game, shook his hand. You know, normal. You know, some of the things that, that people seem to be upset about for Mr. Richardson seemed like odd. Like, he wants you to have a haircut a certain way. Like, okay, I mean, he's your boss. Like, the, the Yankees do that. No one complains that the Yankees right. guys can't have No haircuts hair. on the bearded yeah. cart cast. Um, yeah, well that's, well, that's definitely true. But I'm saying, like, like, like some of the things they got upset about were kind of odd to me. But, look, obviously the allegations are very serious. Right. Um, I think if they weren't as serious, he wouldn't sell his team right away. Um, I think there's things out there that, that are probably – that are not obviously talked about that are, are maybe – Gonna, they're just they're they're not. There's a reason why he signed the team. Um, obviously, very beloved, brought the franchise to here. You saw after the game, the players really adore him. And, right. And well, that's what makes it so complex, right? Because I mean, there's there's so right, much but, good that's been done, but then a few, you know, the, I, and there's this other stuff. Yeah, you know, it, it's. But we we never really know what how people act behind closed doors. I mean, we 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 really do. we like to think that they act the same way, that, you know, they they do in public, um, but they don't and. You know, it's hard, I think, for people to understand how Ron Rivera and Cam Newton can praise him so much with the allegations, but they don't see that side of him. So I think it's hard for them to, to believe, right. look, Mr. Richardson is alleged to have done this, this, and this when he really, when you don't ever see that from him. So Why I, do you call him Mr. at this point? I am very, like, I call coaches coach the entire life. Like, I, like, like, like I was at the coaches convention that's yeah. been here, and I saw a bunch of coaches that I knew, and I, I didn't call him. I Ryan, I said, "Hey, Coach." Like I just called Coach Mr. Rison. I called Mr. Mara in New York, Mr. Tish. Like I don't yeah. call him, "Hey, John." Hey, you know, "Hey, Mr. Mara." Like I don't, I don't, I just call him. I'm very proper that way. Like if you're a coach, you're always a coach. If you're a Mister, I just call you Mister. It's just the way it is. So, Mister Schwartz, if you're Ron <laughs> Rivera and you have to now hire a or maybe multiple yeah. coordinators, what are you looking for? Well, I think this is a question of who wants to take the the OC job. I don't know if you're going to get. Um, you know, you, maybe there's a Mike McCoy out there. I think is a possibility. I saw people talking about Bruce Aarons ain't going to be an OC anymore. North Turner possibly, but you kind of went that route with Chud. Right. Um, but there is that relationship. And, and with, there, with, there's that relationship there with Ryan. Um, so I think you're going to have to find a veteran guy who's willing to to take on a challenge. It's not going to. It's not a normal OC job. Um, and the defensive coordinator. You know, Ron's a defensive coach. You're going to run sort of what he wants to run. Right. Um, now, Steve Wilkes was more aggressive than, 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 than Sean McDermott was. Um, and so far, I've heard that Steve Wilkes is very beloved. Like, he, he's going to be a great head From everyone I've talked to, he's going to be a really good head coach. And I know the Giants like him a lot, obviously, with, with Gettleman. And so I know he's interviewing today. So I'm just wondering, you know, how that's going to go. But, yeah, it's, it's a big turnover to have to replace two of your OCs, possibly, 
um, and then the owner as well, and also the general manager. Now, Her- Herney's on until May, right? He's on until, I think, June. After but, the draft, But yeah. I know some of the guys mentioned that maybe they would like to see him move on. I think, Or hang on, stay hey, on. Why would, I, you, I, why would you hire a new GM before you, were, you get your new owner? Well, but I no, but I think what they're saying is he'll probably stay on through the whole process. But I think the players are already lobbying for him to stay on, and I think Marty would like to stay on. I think I have a hard time believing new ownership is going to come in and keep things exactly the same. I think he'll. I think he's. I don't think the new ownership will. Like if the new ownership comes in March, they're not going to change out the GM before the draft. I don't, right. right. That's absolutely no. They're going to make the change probably after the next absolutely. season. Oh, I don't know. I think you can do it after the draft you do it after before the season. Typically, you know, like scouts, like if you're a But GM, you're assuming that the deal's going to close that fast. I have no idea. Made to May. I mean, because um, this is probably going to be a three to six, eight-month process for the sale, yeah, right? I think, I, think they, I think they want to have it go faster than most sales. I think right. they, once they get a, a group together. Have that, you put your bid in? I have not put my <laughs> bid in. Uh, maybe it could be like the, you know, how Magic Johnson has like – Point zero 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 one percent of the of the Dodgers back a couple of years ago, and he just puts but still in, is the face of the franchise. Yeah, um, no, I, you know, I wonder if uh, if you know, like a Steve Smith would ever would want to come back in that sort of capacity, like be a, a face of the franchise type of owner, where you know puts a little small piece of the pie in, but becomes yeah. face of the franchise. Back on the Bearded Car Cast, Mike Pacheco, Dave Friedman alongside. Glad to be joined by Jeff Schwartz. You know, you can get involved if you want to ask us a question, either for upcoming broadcast. You can use the hashtag Bearded Car Cast. Add us at Bearded Car Cast on Twitter. Email beardedcarcast at outlook.com. So they played essentially an SEC exhibition game last <laughs> night, Alabama and Georgia. I wasn't really clear why they were playing that game with the sold-out crowd in Atlanta. I thought we already decided that Central Florida had won the national title. Don't get me started on that. That's, <laughs> I, well, I, they already had a parade. I, I thought they were celebrating. That's so absurd, though. I mean, I understand their point, but come I think on. it's great. They had an undefeated season. They declared themselves the national champion. Well, what's, what's not to like about that? The Bearded Carcast is the number one podcast in all of America. We are declaring that. <laughs> right now that's right <laughs> um and, and i yeah ucf look great win against auburn um you're 13 you know 14 you play a 90th ranked schedule whatever it is you're not beating alabama um i think nick saban gets credit for bringing in tua i i don't think uh, most coaches would have decided to do that i think he saw look we're not winning with hurts yeah. i think they kind of figured that tua would they were ready for the situation they were ready for him to come in i mean that kid has stones man i mean to come <laughs> in <laughs> national championship game to come in like that, uh, the last play of the game, you know, he says, look, I looked off the safety. I knew what we had. Uh, I mean, there's there's pro quarterbacks who don't know that. I mean, How do you not look. use him earlier than the second half of the national title game? They kept winning. I, I, there, was, there didn't yeah. seem to be a need to – you have a guy who's 25-2 and two as your starter. I mean, they, they only had like one interception. Yeah, they, one interception. Didn't, they didn't win the most important game of the year. Auburn that right. would have clinched a spot right. in the playoff. But they, I mean, they, it wasn't like they were, they were close for most of that game. I mean, it was at the very end that Auburn uh, finished, it, finished it off. Um, so it, it made sense to, to me – why they didn't go to him, but credit saving when he did, because otherwise Georgia's the national champion this morning, not yeah. Alabama. You mean Central Florida? Central, yeah, Central Florida. I just that thing is just <laughs> out. It's just absurd. like why can't we use our eyes, man? Like look at like all, I know everyone loves advanced stats. Advanced statistics put Central Florida like between ten and the fifteenth best team. Every advanced stat had Alabama as the best team in the nation before the playoff. And they, they beat a number one Clemson team who had a high-powered offense, and they just beat Georgia and scored 26 points in the second half in overtime. Like, give them their credit. If you want to give a Cinderella an opportunity, you need an 8 or a 16-team playoff, and then you can let one in. 
I'm not a fan of the 18 playoff. I know I'm in the minority here, and I'll tell you why. Is because we don't we're not going to have a, a mid-major non-power five school go undefeated every year. So are you telling me that you're going to put a two-loss mid-major just to say they're in the playoff? Well, you don't have to, but you want to have the opportunity. I think you want to have the right. mechanism to put them but in also, if the team goes undefeated, give them that chance. Also, as well, like the Pac-12 didn't deserve anyone in the playoffs this year. They had they, they had two teams with two losses. One of them was Washington, who scored seven points at Arizona State. That's not acceptable. But by that measure, USC their years, Kentucky or North Carolina or Duke, shouldn't make the NCAA tournament, mm-hmm. and sometimes they right, end up you, winning it. But you have 64 teams. Like, I, I think football is you're less likely to have the eighth seed run through a, a college football tournament. But you played at Oregon where you knew at the beginning of the year if you had an unbelievable season, you win the national title. You start the year at Louisiana Monroe, and you're just hoping to be in the Camellia Bowl. I'll tell you what. At Oregon, though, I was hoping to make the Holiday Bowl every year, but we didn't have these. these well, I like going to San Diego <laughs> too. <laughs> but, but theoretically, right, you theor- could have sure, won it all. Sure, but look, I, this is this is going to sound really harsh, but I don't think you go to South Florida thinking to yourself, "We're winning a national championship." I mean, I think it's a, a, a thought possibly, but you're probably not going there for. I didn't go to Oregon to win national championships. I went there because I liked the coaches and I thought it'd be a good school to play football. I, I enjoyed my my recruiting trip there. Like I just, I I get the sentiment of look. If you're a Power 5 school, you'll only have a chance to win. But I just don't see UCF, even if it's a four-team playoff, I don't think they beat Clemson. And I don't think they beat Alabama the But that's game. the point. It doesn't matter whether you see them. They get the opportunity right. to try. I'd rather watch the four teams that play in this playoff play than watch UCF. You, But play. you would prefer not to watch extra playoff games. You want to see less relevant fun- games. Yeah, I'm fine with the way it is. Like, I, I don't, I have no problem with the. Like, I, I just think that we're getting to a point now where if, if you have eight teams, we're going to complain about the ninth team not being in, and then you're going to want sixteen. But wouldn't teams. you it's, rather the argument over nine or seventeen as opposed look, to we're, four we're, or five? We're, we're arguing over one. By the way, one mid-major team is what we're arguing over. We're not arguing over Penn State should have been in, Ohio State should have been in, Wisconsin should have been in. We're arguing over one But Ohio mid-major. State should have been in. All the analytics people say that but, Alabama and Ohio State were the two best teams in the country. You, also, if you go to an eight-team playoff, out of those teams we just mentioned, one is still left out because you add a Pac-12 team into the mix now, so those are five power conference teams. South Florida, and then you have three spots left for Penn State, Ohio State, and Wisconsin. So one of those teams is going to be out, and we're going to have the same discussion. Right, well, but now we're, we're, now we're having a discussion there. about who the fourth-best team in the Big Ten is rather than the second-best team. I mean, Ohio State could very arguably be the second-best team in the country. They weren't in the playoffs. Central Florida was undefeated. They weren't well, in the playoffs. But a team, you go to eight teams, and those teams are in. Don't lose to Iowa by 30 on the road. Well, like, that's I mean, fair. Like, that's like, fair. Like, that's like that, that. I mean, like I'm okay with 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 this idea that you have to have be perfect. Like it's fine, except for Central Florida, who was perfect and doesn't get a chance because they played the 90th schedule. Like, but it's still but hard to win. But it's still hard to, But it's still hard to win all your games, no matter. I, I agree with that. So so if you put South Florida in an 18 playoff and they lose by 35 the first game, is that are you, like are you over? Like I don't like like what's the threat? Like you just want to see you just want to see them try. Is what you're telling me. I think that you're starting the season with 70 teams not having a chance to do anything of consequence. Well, how many how many how many college basketball teams are there? Division one. 351. Okay. Well, you have probably 150 to 200 of those that don't think they're getting the tournament either. Don't think, but do have the, but have opportunity. the opportunity if they win their conference. Correct. Right. Yeah, if they win their conference. Everyone has a chance to get in. Well, I, and you could make the argument too that if you allow a mid-major in, that maybe. It helps them in their recruiting because if you have like a Central Florida, let's say yeah. they become like a powerhouse, you know maybe they're getting a few guys that maybe would rather start at Central Florida than be the the backup at 
but also though those schools though their coaches leave the second they get a chance to go to a power five school so yeah but maybe if they were included they'd have a lot more money Possibly they would. I don't think money's the issue in college football. I mean, see how much Alabama's assistance got for winning that game last night? It's outrageous. Uh, no, I understand the sentiment of putting you know, Central Florida in there, but like it, it wouldn't have enhanced my bowl watching experience to see them. Get you walled. would rather watch forty bowl games, thirty five of which don't count for anything, yes. than watch more the- relevant playoff games. I watched. I watched all the bowl games. Man, you got a lot so, of time on your hands. So, I love so, football. So, so, so if UCF and Auburn, if that game was a playoff game, I would watch it with the same level of right. intensity that I watched the first time. But like, that doesn't make you the normal fan. The normal fan wants to see games of consequence. They want to see. They want to see a hundred playoff games if they had a chance. Like they, everyone wants to just see more right. and more. Like we went from sixty-four college basketball to sixty-eight now. You know, like it, everyone wants more. We have this. We, I guarantee, you we have this. Every order. time we but expand the playoffs, it gets better. The wild card I in Major you, League Baseball is better. The wild card games in the NFL are better. Why wouldn't I, we I want barely, more I, games? I barely even. Baseball's a one-game plan. I, 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 and the ratings I, I'm are not sure I like that. I, I like the wild card, but I don't think I like the second I, wild card. I hate that they call that a playoff round. It's a one-team elimination. Look, my Giants won. it's great fun. Look, the Giants in 2014 got in that way. They, they yep. went to Pittsburgh and won, and, and, and they won the World Series. I think they're the only team, the fifth seed, to only do that, right? Um, you know, it gets great ratings. Um, it, it just... I'm just I'm fine with the system now. You just you win your football games and you're in the playoff. Like, the system now is better than any system they've had previously. Right. I just think but a eight team playoff that's more inclusive that allows other teams to have an opportunity. I don't see how that's bad. It's not bad, but you know we would be sitting here having the same argument about the ninth team. That's right, but when they argue about it in the NCAA tournament, you can go, you know, the difference between VCU and Seton Hall isn't that significant and no one really cares. Right now we're talking about teams like Ohio State or Central Florida that could win the national championship. Central Florida, come on. I'm not suggesting they'd be the favorite or they would win, but by beating Auburn, you have to concede that there is an opportunity for them opportunity for them. There's an opportunity for them. If you had an 18 playoff and you put Central Florida at – Seven, right? And they played the first game would have been what Georgia or, or Oklahoma, right? Let's just say they beat Oklahoma. Like, okay, they beat the Oklahoma. greatest moment in school is there, history. Is there? Is well, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Is there? So, are, are they reseeding like 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 a pro football, or they would play? They play what the winner. You like can the invent any system you want. Like, so, I'm just saying that UCF is not beating three. Power five schools that are in the top eight. Just three like games VCU in a row. isn't going from the first four to the final four, except for the fact they did. It's what that te- you, you use the one exception for the rule. That's not that's not. Butler happens, has gone to the final four. Wichita very, State has that, gone to the final four. Davidson goes to. But the it's harder in football. Is it likely? It, it's no, hard, is it? It's, it's not it's, likely. It's much harder in football. But than how is, in, is it harmful to allow it? It's not harmful. I'm just saying that it, it, it's it's a waste of time. It's not going. It doesn't matter. It would be a waste of time like, to I'm have to- more playoff I'm games. totally fine saying that Alabama is a national champion. Like, I, they beat Clemson. They dominate I am Clemson. Too. They beat yeah. like, I mean, a co-national like, champion, like, which is Central Florida, who already won the <laughs> national like, championship. Like, like, I'm, like, When's I'm, the parade? Like, Did they already like, have it? I'm, I'm totally content right now of saying Alabama is a national like, I don't need to see more football. I'm, they won. I'm fine. They won They won two playoff games. I'd prefer you to phrase teams. it. They won the college football national title. I don't know what Central Florida is calling their national title, but it's like when we used to have the AP and yeah. the UPI. They won their own version of the national title. They won nothing. They went, they went 14-0, <laughs> and they get a nice letter from their governor saying that they're national champions. Oh, and can we stop calling it a natty? The nat- a natty is a natural light. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, we, and Jeff can have one of those, but I'm going to take a pass. <laughs>
It's the Bearded Car Cast from Uptown Charlotte with Mike Pacheco. I'm Dave Friedman, former Panther. Jeff Schwartz is with us. You can be a part of the program. Send us an email, beardedcarcast at outlook.com or hashtag beardedcarcast. Speaking of games of consequence, we do have uh, some good ones coming up this weekend. Four games. You have Atlanta as a six seed going to Philadelphia, the number one seed. You have in the AFC on Saturday of Tennessee, the five seed playing number one New England. Then, of course, on Sunday, Jacksonville at Pittsburgh. Jacksonville, the three. Uh, Pittsburgh to two. And then New Orleans, the four against the number two Minnesota Vikings. So, uh, you know, now we're starting to get down to the nitty-gritty. Jeff, is there any reason to believe there could be an upset in those two AFC games? Any reason to like Jacksonville or Tennessee? I mean, I didn't think that Tennessee would beat the Chiefs. I mean, it's always possible Tom Brady could slip on a a piece of ice walking into his his house Saturday night and not play Sunday. But I don't don't think it's possible. Um, It's pretty remarkable that a a team in 2017, so the 2018 playoffs, won a playoff game with 87 yards passing. I, I don't know how that's possible. The same team with Blake Bortles beat Pittsburgh completing 95 yards passing. Okay, let's rephrase the question. Will you take Tennessee plus two touchdowns or Jacksonville plus seven? Um, Jacksonville, I'd probably take Pittsburgh in that game. I, I know they have a good defense, um, and they're, they're good at all three levels, Jacksonville is, but offensively, they, you can't get people Blake Bortles. I mean, he's missing – we're blaming the wind and we're blaming all this other stuff for his issues. Um, I know Tony Rome was trying to be nice, right? The quarterback fraternity. Um, as far as Tennessee, that's a, that's a lot of points. Um, and Tennessee is not very good. The Chiefs should have won that. I mean, that's that just is unacceptable. So th- those games, I think, are pretty much chalk. And then in the NFC is where you, you have the two best games. Look, Atlanta's going to Philly. Philly's the first number one seed to be an underdog in divisional round. Obviously, that's because Nick Foles is not playing. Um, Nick Foles is playing, unfortunately. Nick Foles is playing. That's because Carson Wentz Carson is not Wentz playing. Is not. Um, look, I think the what's paramount for the Eagles is they need to score a touchdown on their first drive. Doug Peterson's had, since you know since Atlanta won Saturday night, they know they're playing them. They've had a couple days to prepare, more than usual. They need to come out smoking. The link is going to be rocking, but there's going to be a nervous energy. Yeah. And if they come out and score a touchdown on their first drive, maybe even – Let's say you get a field goal, but you drive it deep into the red zone. You have an eight, nine play, ten play drive. To, you know, just have a you have an incomplete pass to end it, or something weird happens. You get a field goal. The the tension will rise out of the lake. Like everyone's gonna have this nervous energy, and it's gonna one thing to do is fire the crowd up, but two, it, it will make the defense not feel like they have to play perfect and loosen the whole team up. Um, but look, Atlanta's done this before. Yeah. They they went Super Bowl last year. They went to L.A. on the road, dominated them. If you watch that game. They played faster than the Rams did. They played more physical. They were ready to go. Matt Ryan is obviously better than Foles. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if Atlanta won. And then, look, Atlanta then will play in a dome for the NFC Championship game. Like, they, they can feasibly win out. And make is the Philly the number one seed only because of Carson Wentz? Or is there a lot more there and people are overlooking them without the quarterback that was having the MVP-type season? Their, their other weakness is their, is their secondary. And they didn't have to worry about that as much because they were up by so many points and could rush right. the passer and do things like that. They can run the football really well. Good offensive line. Aguilar is playing well. Ertz is playing well. Um, defensive line, studly. Linebackers are fine. Um, yeah, but they've had injuries. They lost their middle linebacker. They lost their left tackle. Now their quarterback. The background of their secondary, Sidney Jones is back, the Washington kid, so maybe he helps a little bit. Um, but their, their secondary is a problem. So how they match up with, with, with Julio Jones will be an issue. Um, but, no, they're a good football team outside of the – but how many guys, how many teams can lose a franchise quarterback and, and, and make the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, not many. Not, not many. many. I mean, so. they had essentially already clinched a spot. Right. Does that mean you're leaning towards Atlanta? 
Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think I am. Um, which is odd to say a six beating a one. You never would think that. But to me, the Eagles. If Foles had played just kind of okay the last couple weeks, I'd lean toward Foles. I mean, he, he played pretty well the first week against the Giants. Well, he played, and the last well, two he played well the last, like, 20 minutes. I mean, right, yeah. And then the last two have been bad. I mean, uh, and then you know, go into the other game. I, I can't wait to watch Saints fight. It's going to be like a – it's going to be just running the football. Um, you know, the Panthers did a great job of taking away the rushing the attack for the Saints. and But this, almost to the detriment, and, though, because then the, the passing right. well, attack this is the thing is, Well, you have a Hall of Fame quarterback immediately. Yeah. But the Vikings, though, can take away the run and also have Xavier Rhodes right. and Harrison Smith. Like, they can do a little bit more than the Panthers can. Um, and with the, – the Saints lost their, lost their left guard, Andres Pete, who's a really good player. Um, could have been all pro left guard as well. And that's going to be a big loss for them. So how do they generate consistent offense? It's going to be interesting on Sunday. And then for the Vikings, I think that there's a hesitation with them because of Case Keenum. Like, right. it's hard to picture Case Keenum <laughs> making a Super Bowl, right? I mean, like, I don't – We've had that discussion. Like, like I, I, I just don't – I don't see it, but they might have the best roster in the NFC. I think, you know what's funny is I think, like – is Atlanta's roster is really talented. They just haven't played up to that potential. Um, no, they, the, the Vikings are, are – I, I think they're going to win the NFC. I mean, I, you I, do. I picked the Saints to win the NFC, but I've backed off of that. I like that you've picked both the Saints no, 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 and saying, the Vikings. No, 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 that's what I'm saying. I, I picked the Saints about six weeks ago, to yeah. the, and, and I'm stuck with that. I'm not, I'm not a flip-flop guy. I just, the Saints recently have not finished games very well. They didn't finish well against the Jets. The, 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 the Jets almost came back and won that game. They've had it against Washington early in the year. They obviously didn't finish well against Tampa Week 17. Right. They should have put the Panthers away. Didn't do that. Like they've they've had these lapses where going on the road to Minnesota, you have to put the game away. Um, so that's why if, if Minnesota wins this game, I think they beat the Falcons uh, or the Eagles. They can still win those games. Um, but look, the Saints have to put together their best game of the year to beat the Vikings because, like we said, they're talented. But look, if if Case Keenum reverts back to being average. Then the Saints what is it that Case Keenum has done so well this year? Because no one really yeah. believes that he is the guy that we've now seen week after week after week. Yeah. Um, well, I think Pat Shermer gets a lot of credit at the OC. It's a yeah. it's a true West Coast system, so it's a very much a timing system. So they're not asking him to sit in the pocket and make a bunch of reads. It's a lot of pre-snap reads. So use you know use your pre-snap intelligence, figure out what to do. Okay, look, it's too high safety. I got I got this. Oh, here they rotate. Got this. It's not where like you. Play Play action pass, you're kind of looking all over, all over for it's not that type of offense. Um, and so he's been able to get in rhythm, they've been able to move the pocket. He's sneaky right. athletic, um, so they're able to move the pocket a lot and find ways to get him easy throws. And and that's what you know, it's think of what Alex Smith does in that offense, right? right? So it's a lot of quick, easy throw, even when they throw deep in that offense, it's very quick. Um, it's a lot of exploiting coverages, finding ways to, to get guys open with route concepts. You know, some offenses like the Packers and, and Giants with McAdoo, they relied on wide receivers to make plays, not scheme to make plays. And West Coast works on scheme to get guys open. Here's the thing about Case Keenum. Is he a guy, obviously with what they have coming back with Bridgewater yeah. and with Bradford, so he is he a guy that is a starting quarterback, or do you think he's a guy that maybe goes back to the bench next year? You know, I, 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 the way I feel about Case Keenum is he's a guy who's going to get his big contract this offseason and then just not live up to it. Like I, I just I, – I think I feel like a quarterback, you either have it or you don't. I mean, how many stories are there of – Guys who have played for three years. I mean, he's been what? Right. Play, he played for three or four years. Well, like a Burline who was a backup for a long time, and then later in his career, but yeah, it was but it was much later. But, in his but I feel like this the era of football now is different than that era when right. you you relied on running the football and playing defense. And so 
I hope he does well. He seems like a nice kid. You know, hard knocks from two years ago in, in L.A. Like we've seen what yeah. he had to deal with. Um, look, if they lose Pat Shermer as well and Case Keenum doesn't go to whatever team Pat's at, how does he adapt to a new offensive coordinator? Um, I think that they're going to fall in a trap, and that's why the Vikings stressed so much they wanted Bridgewater to play at the end of the season because they wanted to see him so they can evaluate him if he is the quarterback of the future for them. And we didn't talk about New England, and I only bring them up not because I'm, I'm from New England, but you know they have a lot of swirl going on uh, with what's going on with the Guerrero and the, the kind of the the, the trouble with yeah. not trouble, but you know the the, the Seth Wickersham story. The Seth Wicker, yeah, that's a better way to put it. But also, I mean, defensively, and I've watched a lot of Patriots games this year. I mean, they played a little bit better going into December, but that, that's still defense is still a little nice to have two bodies. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. They've. Uh, yeah, they, their defense is that bend but don't break defense, which I don't like. I mean, you give up a lot of yards, don't give up points. The, that story that Seth Wickersham did is only going to ignite their like passion. I mean, they they're not a team that really implodes, and so I think they right. they especially Tom Brady, like they'll bottle that up. Um, I believe most of that article. I think that it's well sourced. I don't know. It makes Tom Brady look bad. It kind of makes me feel like Belichick's side was a lot of that of the source of that article. Mm. Um, some of the stuff we assumed, we assumed that that Kraft kind of forced him to trade Jimmy G because it doesn't seem like he wanted to do that, especially for a second-round pick in October. Um, uh, the thing with Guerrero is, is fascinating to me because Belichick, for the most part, has made the right call in every situation, whether it's on-field or off-the-field situation. He can, he whiffed on this. Like This is a big mistake by, by him to allow him in the facility. Um, I think New England's fine. You know, Pittsburgh will present a problem if they play in the NCAA. Of course they will. Right. Um, but they have fine. Like, what New England does is they don't lose games. They let teams lose the game for themselves. Right. Look at the Super Bowl in Seattle. Seattle had to pass the ball. If you want to argue with me, look at the defense. Look, they had to pass the ball. You're 100% but right, that, and the amount of time but, left but to maximize be, your number of plays. That's because New England came out in a defense that Seattle had not seen. New England did not yeah. panic. they like, okay, we're prepared for the situation. We're going to come on the field with goal line front, but with three defensive backs. So we can do both. We can stop the run and also play man coverage. And then even go back a couple weeks to the Pittsburgh game. There was no panic on their side. They were their their defense was set. Even though it was a spike was called, they were set. They're ready yeah. to go. Like that, you know, the 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 guy jumped in front of the slant round. Okay, oh, oh interception, right? They they let you make the mistake. They're the best drilled team in the right. league. They make you make the mistake, and that's I think the quality that Belichick does so well. Um, and so until I see them lose, I always put the Patriots. Back on our bearded car cast with Mike Pacheco, I'm Dave Freitman, and former Panther Jeff Schwartz is with us. We've kind of knocked down what's going on in football right now. But what about your career? It came to a close and you transitioned to media, but what was that like kind of mentally? What was that like day in, day out when you didn't have the office to go into and practice every day? Um, I was, I think I always was kind of ready for the end, um, because I was a free agent for so many years. I played on one year contracts, basically in 11, 12, 13. Um, so I was kind of like always knew the end was near. Um, and I think it's important for guys to not tie them, their identity to football. Um, yeah. I always, I always felt I was more than a football player. Now the media thing is new. I, I didn't, I don't think I wanted to get into media when I was younger. I thought it'd be fun to do, but I didn't realize what it took to do it. But I never, like, tied myself to football. I love football. I love training for football. Um, but I think it's important for guys to have outside hobbies and interests. And, and so when you're done playing, you're not just, like – What are your hobbies and interests? Working. I work a lot. I mean, I, I like sports. I, my family, obviously, will we travel a lot. Um, 
I just have never I just never tied myself to like only being a football player. Right. Um, I'm very curious about life. I read a lot. Um, what do you I, read? I was like, so I don't read a lot of books. I just constantly like just read about different like I just like follow interesting stories, yeah like I follow interesting accounts. I read a lot of things. Um, I love like well like, ran, like I just ran up but nothing to do with with life after football like I love like the Civil War like I read a lot about that but I just like learning I right. like I like politics I like reading about politics um, I like obviously reading about sports and just general life like I just yeah. like to constantly get information and learn so We've learned uh, a lot about the Civil War this year. We have. Winthrop <laughs> travels to every former Civil War de- destination. I, I, I would like. I would go. Like I made when I was in Washington D.C. I did an inter- radio internship. Like I drove to Gettysburg. Like I, like, really? I, like, yeah, I have, yeah. like I have to go and do it. Yeah. Um. So it's always been a, a fascination. I think just because a lot of the soldiers fighting in that didn't really want to fight. Like they just they fought for their side because that's where they lived. Yeah. It's not necessarily like everyone that the fought for the South is a had a slave or was a, a racist or was a slave like they just lived in the south fought and just it's fascinating to me that we just lined up in a in a field and just shot each other like, like <laughs> that's what war right. was it wasn't it wasn't just like it wasn't like a lot of strategy it, there was some strategy but it wasn't like there was no uh bill belichick right it was just like like even at gettysburg like the north had the position yeah and the South just sprinted across an open field and said, "Like, I hope we get there in time." And we don't. Like, it just—that's what's always fascinating to me about the Civil War: brothers fighting brothers, yeah. um, and the fact that that like just the, the combat part of it is just so fascinating to me. Um, and obviously, the, you know, the, I've been there's a battle in Tennessee. I went to the Battle of Franklin. I went and saw that. I saw Gettysburg. I've been to some other places. I've read a lot about it. Just the the, the strategy and the things that, that go along with the Civil War. Um, Why have you settled in Charlotte? Obviously, you played yeah. here, but you're from the West Coast. You could live anywhere. I, you could live anywhere. I could also pay a lot less to live in Charlotte. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's why I do it. My wife's from here. Our kids go to school here now. Um, I think Charlotte's amazing. I think it's an amazing city. We're coming yeah, at, we're, a, at a good time. I mean, it's, it's no, still it's affordable, booming, but, yeah. it, but it's, I mean, you have the amenities of a big city here. We have too many cranes right now. Like yeah. It's, 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 it's insane. Look, we're, I mean, we're, we're in BB&T Field, and, and, uh, and I mean, look, at it's, Charlotte's beautiful. I mean, it's like, it's a great place to be. So what are your go-to spots? Where do you like to eat or hang out? So my favorite sushi place is Roussan. I've been there too many times to count. It's excellent. Um, there's, we went before we did this. We went to that new ramen place. It's not new anymore, but Photo Boto is oh, yeah. incredible. Um, we don't like. I don't think we eat out of it. We go to, I know the chef at Fahrenheit, so we go there. Oh, yeah. We go there um, uh, from time to time. Um, there's the places. My wife goes to like Baku a lot. She likes oh, that. Yeah. We've been to Baku. Um, it's good. Yeah, it's good. Baku's good. Um, where else do we eat? Um, I don't know. I just. It's funny I, when I was in Jersey playing for the Giants, they had like the best grocery store ever, Fairway. It was like it's oh, just yeah. it's just the the meat and cheese and stuff. And so there's no place like that. In right. I, I wish there was a grocery store with like you don't talk. Well, about maybe if yeah. you don't Fairway. buy the Panthers, you can start one of those. Fair, like you walk into Fairway, it's like it has every single item of produce you could ever imagine. It has every kind of beef. Yeah. It has like you know like seven different types of locks that you could just can trim for you right there. <laughs> like it's just so. Uh, but otherwise, the food here, I just like it. I just I think it's a great place to live. Uh, the weather, yeah, it gets high and low, but it's generally yeah, it's not too bad. And the you traffic's not bad. You don't get a crazy amount of snow. I live off Providence. You get a little bit of traffic in the morning and afternoon. Not not crazy. But not like Jersey or Manhattan traffic. Oh, That's well, ridiculous. No, or Los Angeles. Or Los Angeles. Um, yeah, Manhattan could be. It, it was oh, driving from Paramus to Manhattan. To Midtown was like you know twenty five minutes ago. You lived in Midtown? No, I lived in Paramus, but I, I did some TV in Midtown, so 
I drive it's 51st and 6th, and driving it oh, yeah. at 3 o'clock was fine, and then right. going home at 5.30 was yeah, an hour was and a half. Yeah, it was nuts. Yeah, it was crazy. I lived in uh, Hell's Kitchen. I was on 45th okay. between 8th and 9th. Yeah. But, but I didn't have a car. I didn't I would need a be, car. I would be 500 pounds if I lived in New York. Oh, because the food is and it's 24/7. Yep, 24/7. And any you want any kind of variety, you can get it within you're in five or ten minutes. We had this great little burrito place right next to my building, and it was like authentic Dominican Republic. Uh, people from the Dominican Republic own it and ran it, and it was cheap. It was like this was you know 20 years ago, but it was like you know three fifty four dollars came in like a little uh, tinfoil pan, and it was unbelievable. And like in the street meat Fresh. up there, oh, the street yeah. meat is like. My gem. It's like seven bucks. You get this entire <laughs> thing of, of, of meat and rice and l- salad. It's yeah. So New York is. I love Manhattan. So you said you love to travel. Yeah. Do you have a favorite trip or a dream trip you're planning? Uh, well, we're going to Israel in February. Oh, nice. So that'll be good. Yeah. Um, and that trip is taken care of for an organization, so we get to go for free, which is pretty awesome. They set everything up for us. Our oh, schedule wow. is really like they told us we're not sleeping, and it's that's exactly right, which yeah. is great. So we'll see everything in Israel. Um, but my wife and I have been to a lot of Caribbean spots. We've been to Turks and Caicos was our favorite so far. We've been up and down kind of the islands there. Yeah. Look, ideally, if I could teleport myself, I'd love to go to like Africa, not Africa, Australia. I just can't fly. Yeah. You should go to Africa. Like Dave's been to Africa. He's done a couple times. My wife phenomenal. wants. To, my wife wants to do Egypt. Like that's yeah. We, we we haven't done a honeymoon yet because believe it or not, I got married. I thought it was every day for her. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. I got married. I got yeah. I I got married. Um, Two days before I signed my Giants contract, so I didn't, we oh, have wow, we've okay. never taken like official. Honey, yeah, you know, we traveled a sure. lot. Um, we went to Saint Martin um, this past March. That was a ton of fun. We had a condo there. Um, took a boat to Saint Bart's. Um, Two hour boat ride it was a lot of fun. Um, but like I said, Israel, I loved. E- my wife wants to do Egypt. I think for honeymoon, like it's like, oh, yeah. like a two week trip, visit all around Egypt. Because um, you know they have some some. Cities on the right. water that are fantastic. Obviously, I want to do the pyramids, things like that. It'd be fun. So, 17-year-old Jeff Schwartz, did you expect to leave California and leave the West Coast and oh, no. and live this expansive lifestyle? No, no, no. Um, I got a, a great story. When the Panthers called me, uh, and look, I'm a NFL football fan, group, but Niners fan, so obviously the Panthers used to be in the NFC yeah. West. The Falcons were in the NFC West. It was out, 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 outrageous, but it's the way it was. Normal regional um, rivalries. Yeah. And so I knew the Panthers existed. Yeah. <laughs> so the Panthers called me um, to draft me, and I didn't know what city they played in. I thought they were in Raleigh. I mean, I didn't, I sure. didn't know any better. I didn't really know Charlotte. I don't know why I would ha- ever have to know Charlotte. Um, and so I had to Google it. Um, I came here. I didn't well, know. P. Diddy doesn't know. I, well, that that's <laughs> if you're going to buy the team and call them the North Carolina <laughs> Panthers. Um, uh, and, and I just, you know, I, it's funny. When I first got here, I remember taking the bus um, from, we were staying at the Holiday Inn, to South Park Mall. You drive through kind of like Sharon Road. And you yep. see the big plantation oh, big houses. houses yeah. and, Do a lot of Panthers take the bus? The bus? I didn't have a car. I was like, it was May. I didn't have, I didn't bring my car And it car was before here. Uber. Before Uber, yeah. I took the bus to the mall. Um, and so I've never seen those big houses. and thinking to myself, like, I never really seen plantation style houses before, and in, in, in LA, you know, in, you see those houses in Beverly Hills, and yep. they're typically behind a fence. Like sure. you don't actually get to see the house, right. and you don't get all that land and everything. So, I've never seen those houses. Like man, like how cool would it be to have one of those one of these yeah. days? Or like I, I just, I just kind of fell in love with the city. And then obviously, meeting your wife in the city is helpful as well. Thanks, Jeff. Another bearded car cast 
Gophers. We had Jeff Schwartz with us, our first in-studio guest. In fact, we were in-studio. We were out of the, uh, we were off the roads, no travel this week, so we decided to uh, stay in the garage, if you will. And uh, thanks to the Charlotte Knights, Tommy Viola, for letting us do the bearded car cast at BB&T Ballpark in beautiful uptown Charlotte. And uh, what a great conversation with Jeff Schwartz. And, you know, so much knowledge. But, David, it's not so much from a former player standpoint, uh, of having just a former player on. But Jeff works his butt off, watches a lot of film. He does a lot of writing. So it was great to really get his insights. And he's not the guy that's afraid to give you his opinion. He watches the game. He thinks about the game. He formulates an opinion, and he's pretty strong with that opinion. We didn't necessarily agree on everything, but I think we respect where each other is coming from. All right, so here's how you can get involved. If you have any questions for upcoming Bearded CarCast, you can use the hashtag on Twitter, Hashtag Bearded Carcast. You can add us at Bearded Carcast and email beardedcarcast at outlook.com.